Our precious Father, we want to thank you again for the privilege you have to gather to worship you and to hear your word. We trust this hour again into your hand and I trust in you, Lord, that by your spirit you will teach us and help us to understand what you are saying. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to appeal to all of us and make a very serious appeal. Do not make the word of God a casual thing. If you make it a casual thing, you will pay a great price. Don't make it casual. It's not a newspaper you buy and read today, throw it away. It's not a newspaper. The, light, the world in which we live, it's no place the Bible tells us is going to be easier. I'm appealing to you. I'm a pastor. It makes our work easier if more people will live by the word. Because you see, to live under the, in the secret place of the Most High is to live in His Word. And you, are, you now abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Because God is His Word. If you are casual about the Word of God, you are, you are doing yourself a very terrible harm. I'm not kidding you. Because you need it. You just need it. So today we're talking about dealing with fear because we live in an environment and the atmosphere of fear and because these things are predicted in the Bible that they will happen and will continue to happen. So we need to hear from the scripture. What does the scripture say about fear? How do you deal with it? Because this world is not going to be any better than it is. So the scripture tells us that one of the things that will be preponderant preponderant that is, will be uh, 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 manifesting so much in the last days is fear. It's part of the iniquity that will abound in the last days. This is part of demonic manifestations of these last days before Jesus comes. Creating fear all over the world, causing havoc, destroying lives through fear, tormenting people. Many people are on drugs because of anxiety and fear than any other thing. And many people die from fear and anxiety than any other thing. Fear didn't start with corona. It was there before corona. It's just that corona manifested more of it. For before corona, a lot of people have been on drugs for fear and anxiety. Many. So we are talking about something that the Bible tells us is going to happen. And the Bible tells us what to do in these circumstances. Look at Luke chapter 21 verse 25. And there will be strange signs in the sun, moon, and stars. And here on earth, the nations will be in turmoil. Turmoil, confusion. Troubling, tumor, nations will be in tumor, perplexed. Listen to this, because we are talking of climate change. The Bible says it's going to happen. It says perplexed by the roaring seas and strange tides. It's not happening now. They are going to be perplexed 
by the roaring seas and strange tides. People will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth, for the powers of heaven will be shaking. 20, 27. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with power and great glory. So the last days are here. Uh, Matthew 24, 5. Listen to what the Lord Jesus said. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ. Which means I have the anointing. Christ is the anointing. I have the anointing. I'm the deliverer. I pray for you. Stuff happen. He said, many will come and say, I am Christ. And shall deceive many. It's happening. Verse 6. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. Verse 7. For nation shall rise against nation. Is it not happening? And kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and pestilences. Do you know what pestilences mean? It means plague. Pestilences mean fatal plague. Fatal plague. And this is proper translation because I checked up uh, Young's literal translation. Young's was a very renowned scholar of Greek and Hebrew. In 1862, he translated the Bible. He translated it and he wrote commentaries on Bible that students were using. So in his translation, he confirms that this is famine and pestilences. And earthquakes in diverse places. I want you to tell me if it's not happening. All these are the beginning of sorrows, not even the end. Verse 9. Then shall they deliver you up. Now comes the affliction for the church. And it's happening today. It's happening and more will happen. Get ready for it. Why? The, the Lord said so. The devil is doing all this. Things. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and you shall be hated of all nations. Not few. All nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended. Brethren, don't you hear I'm offended? You say something, I'm offended. People are confused, trying to avoid offending people. I just sat and I'm saying to myself, hmm, how frail is human being? Professors in universities totally confused. Avoiding offense. At the time, you, I don't even know anything we can say that's not offending anybody. And now the scripture said, and, and then shall many be offended. And shall betray one another. And shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive few people. No. He said that deceive what? Many. Continue. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. They will leave the church. They're going to backslide. Because iniquity will be the mainstream culture. And then if you, if you stand on what is right, as is happening today, you'll be called a bigot. You'll be called names. It's happening today. You can even violently be attacked. Verse 13. But he that shall endure... The word endure is that you have to endure something. Endure unto the end and not be swept away by distance. The same shall be saved. 
so the scripture tells us about the life, the world in which we live, and the things that will happen and will continue to happen. Look at 2 Timothy 3.13. But evil people and imposters will flourish. Do you hear about hacking and all these things? Billions of money being stolen now. Nothing that is safe. Banks, they are being hacked into. Companies are being hacked into. He says, but evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. But how about us? But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true. For you know you can trust those who taught you. That's what I said at the beginning. Don't treat the word of God with levity. If you do, you will pay a great price. Don't. These are the days the Bible said perilous times. They called it dangerous times. Second Timothy 3. We're talking about the physical things. Not talk of, of, of deprivation that is, is, is here. Second Timothy 3. You should know this, Timothy. That in the last days, there will be, there will be very difficult times. Isn't it here? Very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God. Listen to these things. The scripture said them. Scoffing at God. Disobedient to their parents. And unforgiving. Sorry, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. Nothing is sacred. You can check the culture we live in and tell me what is sacred anymore. Nothing is sacred. Three, they will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. This is not happening today. They hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure. Entertainment industry is booming. Movies upon movies upon movies upon movies. They are booming. Many of them with witchcraft. They are booming. It says, verse 4, they will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed, up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious but they will reject the power that will make them godly. Stay away from people like that. See the reason these things will happen is because the devil knows his days are up. He's, he's not a fool. He understands what's coming to him. You know my wife and I were talking to somebody yesterday. He said brother this is from Nigeria. He said, brother, I never had high blood pressure in my life. Never had diabetes in my life. Never had anything. Only for me to wake up and find my blood pressure was 300 over, well, I don't forget the figures. And he said, I don't know where I came from. And they rushed me to a hospital. And I went back, the thing repeated. And I didn't even know how I got to a hospital. He said, I never had anything like that. Never experienced anything like that. 
I don't know where I came from. My heart broke. My heart broke. Revelation 12, 12. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the, of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you having great, not just wrath, great wrath. When the Holy Spirit says something is great wrath, that is it. Because he knew that he had but a short time. It's tormenting people with all these things. That's why his punishment will be great. His punishment will be something you can't even describe because of all these things he's doing. Because God says, do hand goes hand in hand, joy hand in hand. He said, the wicked cannot go unpunished. And he's talking about Satan. He can't go unpunished. Because of all this. Jesus said that he's a thief. He comes to steal, comes to kill, comes to destroy. That's what he's come to do. And so it's not God that torments people with fear. Because God is loving. Second Timothy 1.7 For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. Has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. God, God has not given anybody a spirit of fear and to intimidate that timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. So how does really fear come, in, in, you know, operate into somebody's life? The Bible tells us everything about us comes from the heart. Everything comes from the heart. Proverbs 4.23, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of your life, your faith, your fear, your love. Everything comes from the heart. Jesus said, all this adultery and then this, he said, comes from the heart of man. He said, that's where it's coming from. So if, if, if fear will come out of, and they look at Luke 24, verse 36. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, peace be unto you. But they were terrified. And affrighted. And suppose that they had seen a spirit. Now the Lord now told us where that fear was coming from. Verse 38. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? It's coming from within you. It's coming from your heart. Fear comes from what has gone into the heart. And so... If fear comes from what has gone into the heart, then we need to look at those things that when they get a hold of your heart, they produce fear. Mostly through what you see and what you hear. Wrong interpretation of what you see can create fear. I remember one time in Lagos, in the, twin, in the evening time, you know, dark but not so dark, and you know in Lagos, because companies close by four, offices close by four, most people are in church. Churches is where people gather. So in the evenings, a lot of people go to church. That's why they have a lot of instrumentalists, because all these children, that's what they do. In the evening, they come there, play one instrument at the other. 
So we were there, and I saw some of our members running away. I mean, really running away from the back of the house, running towards the church. And I'm like, what's happening? They say, Pastor, there's something. There's something behind there. They were so afraid they couldn't even describe the something. So while they were running, other people that saw them joined the, to run without even knowing the something. So I went to find out the something. People should be praying for your pastor, sir. Because when the chiefs are down, it's on the head of the pastor. <laughs> Everybody's running, pastor car goes there. <laughs> so I went to find out, what's these people running? What's this thing? And when I got there, it was really something moving, really frightening. So I got further, and it was banana leaf that has grown so large and over our compound. So in the, in the dark, dark sea hills, it formed, you couldn't really tell whether it was a human being, you know, in that kind of, it was swinging under the wind, and if you didn't go close, you were wrong with it. So when I got close, it was banana leaf. I said to them, this is banana leaf now. It took them a while to start creeping back, to be sure. That was banana leaf. Now, you see, how in wrong interpretation of what you see can create fear. Wrong interpretation of your life experience can create fear. And the devil will give you wrong interpretation if you listen to them. The world will give you wrong interpretation if you listen to them. If you listen to them. My mentor said, he said, if you listen to the news people, say you have melancholy. I said, I found out. I think my television has dust now. Just it's a long time I made up my mind I'm not listening to those people. I'm telling you, if you listen to the wrong interpretation of your life, you have fear. If, you listen, if the word is your source of interpreting what is happening around you, you have fear. Because their God is the same devil that wants to torment you with fear. They will sound intelligent. They will sound intelligent. They, they, they always uh, uh, they, they sound so intelligent. I want to challenge you to tell me one thing you have heard from the world that didn't create fear. Tell me one thing you've heard from your television, that the news that, is, that supports the word of God, that gives you fit after you heard it. If you let unbelieving Christians interpret life for you, you get fear. The only person who can give you what is not fear is the Holy Spirit. He will interpret things and faith will come. Can I hear amen? Look at Luke 24, 36. And as they thus spoke, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them. And said unto them, peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted. And supposed, supposed that they had seen a spirit. So this was Jesus, but they had a wrong interpretation of who was there. Supposed. You know, Jacob had is it Isaac? Isaac or Jacob had a wrong interpretation when they told him that you know when Joseph wanted him to come. He said, All these things are working against me. 
but he didn't know that it was working for him. So he was frightened. He said, let me go and die. These things are working against me. There are many things in your life that's not working against you. But you, because you don't have, you don't listen to the Spirit of God. You think they're working against you. And you get frightened of what you should be thanking God for. So they, 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 they suppose they are seeing the Spirit. And at eight, and he said unto them, why are you troubled? And why do thoughts, again, thoughts rise in your heart? Because behold my hands now. I'm Jesus. I'm the one that came to save you. You're afraid? And again, look at that again. This pre, uh, presumptuous things. They're supposed. You presume stuff. I've, I've preached it over and over. Don't talk pre- pre- presumption for God's sake. This thing will destroy your faith. Go find out what God said. Find out what God is saying. Don't presume things. They, pre- they suppose. They presume. Do told them. They just presumed. There are a lot of things that, that is dominant church culture that is not Bible. It's not Bible. And it creates fear. So there's this time the fear of demon, demon. Everybody was enemy, 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 enemy. Fear, 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 fear. It was dominant, 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 dominant. I don't see anybody who came under that ministry who didn't live in fear. Not one. And no one had victory. Because in Lagos, they would sneak back to me and come and talk to me and tell me, my wife will tell you now, one of them that lived in, with us came to her and said, I'm tired of this midnight. Every midnight I will sleep. I'm fighting demons. He said, I'm done. He said, I have headaches. She will tell you. He said, I'm done with that. Why? God says, I give my beloved what? Sleep. Then she won't listen to God. She will listen to what is popular, popular fight, popular fight. Presumption is dangerous in everything you do in life. Get the facts. Go pay the price, get the facts. We, we, I think some people have this culture of make with the go there. Stop that. Get your facts right, get your plans done. When you go there, you know how to respond. You can't know how to respond in the midst of trouble because your mind will be all over the place. Presumption is a product of laziness. Instead of going to sit down, study your Bible, and study and pray and see God, and God, let God tell you exactly. God, only God knows what's happening there. Presumption. That's the way we presume. I was teaching about faith. <laughs> Think that because you pray is faith. The Bible didn't say so. Why we got this idea, I don't know. And then people think, oh, if many people pray for you, God will hear. Where did you get this idea? Which chapter and verse are you quoting? What is it? And then you take your issue and put it out there and God, they gossip with you. Tomorrow you say, oh, I see what they told me. But you, you expose yourself now. So they presumed that was the spirit became fearful. Fear comes from what we look at externally. Remember Peter now? When Jesus said to Peter, come. And Peter was walking and the storm came. And Peter started looking at the storm. And he sank. You must train yourself. I've taught it over and over and over. If the devil focuses you on your problem, you have lost. It's not whether you're going to. You've lost. Forget it. It, 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 it's over. 
Faith will never come from looking at, at troubles. It will never come from there. Because the Bible didn't say faith comes from there. Faith come, the source of faith is Jesus. If you look at the storms of life, you will be fearful. That's the author and finisher of fear and doubt. But that's why we look because we trained ourselves over years to walk by sight. Now we came, became Christians and God says, don't walk by sight no more. Well, by faith, it becomes a struggle. And because we're not serious with the word of God. We're not serious. We think we don't need it. But you need it every day. And again, the imaginations we have in our heart, those imaginations that the devil puts there to make you afraid, tells you, if you know this thing has killed many people, if you know this, this has done, all you do, it's, it's all from Satan. It's all from Satan. Because if God ever puts his word in your heart, it will build faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing from God. Second Timothy, Second Corinthians 10 verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. They will always come. You will not stop them coming. The devil will see to it. They will come. And every high thing that exhausted itself against the knowledge of God, false impressions, false things, they will come to your heart. You think you are the one thinking, but the devil is supplanting his own thinking and deceit into your heart. You will think you are the one. And you see they are, you know, meditating on it. Rummaging through all this kind of junk. And after a time, you hear one. Is that praise? That hissing, is that praise? That's what snakes do. Christians don't do that. Can I hear amen? So you have all these kind of thoughts. They must come. What I'm telling you, Thoughts will come, imaginations will come. But one thing you can do is that you can't let them stay. Don't meditate on them. They are not from God. Coming, they must. So if you allow those kind of thoughts settling in your mind, they're going to make you fearful. There is no challenge you have that the devil is not going to give you a report about it. And what I do is when it comes, I say, That's the devil's evil report. And I start laughing. You must be conscious of distance. You must be very conscious of distance. Then fear comes from what you hear and the books you read. What you hear, and I, I, I had a pastor give a testimony of a young boy who was totally demonized and finally died. Those demons killed him because he was watching this television, something he was watching. I've forgotten what they called it. And then the boy was doing well. And after a time, he began to fail his grit. And then he said, vampire. He would come and say, I'm now vampire. And the parents thought it was a joke. Until he couldn't concentrate in school. So he started acting strange. And then started really, really doing so badly in school. And he would come from time to time and say, I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. They thought it was a joke. And they were Christians. Until the Lord told them, the devil of vampires is taken over your child. And they, they, they wanted to take him for to, to somebody to pray for him. The, the demons fought them so violently they couldn't take him in a car. 
And they rushed him to the hospital. He died there. They killed him there. But it was from watching comics. All those things. What you hear, what you see, must be careful. Very, very careful. You remember what we read on Sunday? The children of Israel, it was because of what they heard about the giants, about the land that swallows up the people. That fear came. And that fear led them to lose the, their, their blessing. All of them died. All of them died. All of them died. Not one of them survived. They all died. Because fear made them to say, God says, see what they are saying. I've had it. And what they are saying is what they will have. Because the Bible says you shall have what you say. And they were saying it. They didn't know they were going to have it. And God said to Moses, these people are going on. But they all died. God said, you know, I promised them this land, but they will never see it. Not because God doesn't keep his word, but because they, they were operating a spiritual law. <laughs> that what you say is what you have. And what made them do that? Fear. Who created the fear? People, their fellow people who went to see what God said, this is a lamp flowing with milk and honey. They gave it their own fearful interpretation. Be careful what you hear. Be careful who you follow. Be careful what you listen to. Be very careful. It's about your life at the end of the day. It's about your life. At Numbers 4, 14 verse 1. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. Look at what evil, hearing evil report does. Look at what it does. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. Look at that. People who saw God's miracles. Incredible move of God in Egypt. Incredible. They saw God deal with Egyptians. They saw the, and they are murmuring against the same Moses and Aaron. How does it happen? Fear. Fear will blind you, becloud you, confuse you, take away your sleep. You can't sleep. Fear comes from guilty conscience. They say a clear conscience fears no accusation. I'm not talking of the devil accusing you. I'm talking of that you really, really did something for which you are guilty. We, we don't generalize and say, you know, the devil is accused of the bread and sure. But there are things you do and you are guilty of them. It will take away your boldness. It creates fear. It really creates fear. You know, it really creates fear. Look at, look at Adam and Eve. Gen- Genesis 2.24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh, 25. And they, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. At this time, they have done nothing wrong. No shame. They are not ashamed. No fear. Nothing. But look at verse, verse 6. Gen- Genesis 3, 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat. And gave also unto her husband with her. And he did it. And the eyes of them both were opened. And they knew that they were naked. We read before they were naked. They were not ashamed. No fear. And they sewed fig leaves together. And made themselves aprons. Verse 8. And when they heard the voice of the Lord. God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Adam and his wife hid themselves. From the presence of God. What produced that? The sinfulness. 
There is no boldness if you live a sinful life. Forget it. You won't have it. It's not going to happen. You are going to live a fearful life. Anything that gives the devil a foothold in your life will make you be fearful. Make you fearful. Your, your responses to life will always be fearful. And you will find it difficult to live a life of faith. Very difficult. I'm telling you the truth. Very, very difficult. Because you see, some of these things we do, they clog up your, they clog you up spiritually. They, I call them, I call them uh, spiritual pipe clogs. They clog you up. They weaken you spiritually. They do weaken you. They have serious effects on your spirit. Weakens you. you your prayer will be watered. Everything you do, what it clogs you up. Clogs up the flow of, of revelation and everything. Ephesians 4.27 For anger gives a foothold to the devil. How can I give a foothold to the devil in my life? The person that is tormenting people and expects it not to be happening in my life. Second Corinthians 6.17 Wherefore Come out from among them and be separate, said the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing. Don't touch it. And I will receive you and will be a father unto you. You shall be my sons and daughters, said the Lord Almighty. Chapter 7, verse 1. Having therefore this promise, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves, remove the clog from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. God says, you, these things will hinder me. Remove them. I'm your father. I want to walk with you. I want to bless you. Unclog the pipe. Unclog the pipe. 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love. Did you see that? There is no fear in love. But perfect love cast out that fear. Because fear had torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he has loved us. When we live a life of love, we don't live in fear. If you live a life of love, if you live a life of love, fear will hardly have root in you. Jesus said, that devil has nothing in me. He has nothing. You know, I listen to what we're very powerful worship something and it blessed me a lot. As I was listening to it, the Lord said something that surprised me. He said, he said, do you know that that is not the main praise for me? I said, really? He said, no. He said, you can, you can sing all you want to until you bow to my lordship. You are not worshiping me. He said, I'm not worshiping Until you bow to my lordship. You are, not, you are just mocking yourself. I know what she can. So living a life of love, we, we deter the enemy from having a foothold in my life and in your life. You don't do anything that will give him a foothold in your life. Ephesians 4 that one. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another. Tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake have forgiven you. I was sharing with my blood brother yesterday. 
you know, we always share together when he has the time. I was sharing with him how I, I, I came back from Nigeria and was trying to share with my wife. I call it sharing, but that's gossiping. I said, there's this pastor. Hey, I said, what I had, my wife says, stop, stop, stop. I don't want to hear. Please, please, my husband, I don't want to hear. He said, you, you travel all these miles to come and bring this to me? <laughs> I said, you're right. <laughs> you're really right. And he, uh, my, my, my wife said, I don't want to go to hospital. I don't want, I don't want to be sick. That poisons people. They poisoned you. Why are you there? Even if you were there, did God say you should spread it? I repented quickly. If I was so ashamed of myself. I'm telling you, my wife dealt with me. She, she really gave it to me. <laughs> it's like you should know better. And you can't believe her for many years I've never done stuff like that. But how I carried that in, in the plane and landed here and then she was the first person I wanted to deliver it to. She pushed me back with it and said, get, get behind me, you, 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 you demonic spirit. Get out of here. It was demonic. It was not correct. It was wrong. But those are the things that opened the door to the enemy. If you carry anger in your heart, if you carry resentment, and please, I'm begging you, in this, in this time of passions, be political. Hold your political views. We should. But don't let it take a hold of your soul. Your soul belongs to Jesus. The, the, the Lord gave me a scripture. He said, he said, Christians should know this, that a good soldier does not entangle himself with the affairs of this world. So he can finish what I sent him to do. See, they are soldiers now. Don't let these things create in you. I was sharing with him yesterday. We're really talking. Every time we talk, I learn from him. Nuche doesn't talk a lot, but he's a very humble man. <laughs> so we're sharing. He said, Pastor, people are passionate about it. He made a very awesome, truthful statement. I said, yeah, but God delivered me from that passion. He creates bitterness in you. Creates all this. You won't know. But bitterness is bitterness. That's the point. Resentment is resentment. That's the point. And what does he do? He gives the devil foothold. It does. And remember, as a Christian, you can't be effective unless you love people. You can't effectively minister to any people unless you love them. You can't be an effective minister of the spirit of, God, of the gospel unless you start loving people. If you don't do that, you see your calling and things going backwards. If people you don't love, you can't be useful to. You can't. You can't. It's not going to happen. You don't, you don't walk with bitterness. That's not God. The power of God doesn't flow through bitterness. It flows through compassion and love and mercy. For you to be an effective minister, effective Christian, love must flow even towards your enemies you should love them. So that when you kneel down and pray and God gives you prayer topic, it becomes effective. And we're here as representatives of Christ, not representatives of any political party. I'm begging you. Please, I don't want to go to hospital again. Please. I'm begging you. Ephesians 5 says, Be you therefore followers of God as their children, and walk in love 
as Christ also had loved us and had given himself for us an, of, an offering, a, a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savour, but fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not once be named among you as becoming saints. Neither feediness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. Foolish talks will include all this gossiping about people. I call it anointing liquor. If you can't control your tongue, you can't carry the anointing of God. And let me make a statement people don't know. It's dangerous to be anointed and come and see. You can die for that. It can kill you. Because it's like two forces coming together. Boom, and you're in the middle. If you carry divine, divine anointing, as a Christian, you carry the presence of God. You must avoid iniquity at all costs. You must. It's important that you must do that. You can't talk like the world. Talk like the gossip, you gossip. There is no reason to duplicate evil. There is no just reason to duplicate evil. None. We have been called out of the world. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. So we need to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Look at this scripture that they gave us. It says, First Peter 5 says, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and let at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries. Give all your worries and cares to God. Don't carry them, for he cares about you. Stay alive, man. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. His prowls are like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of uh, sufferings you are. Now, see the devastating effect of fear and worry. Look at Job. I'll tell you something. Job chapter, did I get this thing? Okay, let's look at Judges chapter 7. Judges chapter 7. Okay, I got it. Job, let's go back to Job. Job 3, 25. Why I want to read Job is that the Judges is longer. Job 3, verse 25. For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me. And that which I was afraid of is come unto me. Did you learn anything from here? The things you are fearful will come. That's the thing about fear. You are, I'm afraid of this. You think that will keep you safe. It's not true. It will make it come. Why? It's unbelief. It's doubt. It's, it's opened up. He says, the thing which I greatly fear is come upon me. Fear does not prevent it from coming. It makes it come. The only thing that prevents it from coming is shield of faith. Shield of faith is what quenches it, not fear. There's no safety in fear. There's no protection in fear. It's not the act of the spirit of God. How can it protect you? Job said, the thing I greatly what? Fear has come. And he repeated it, come upon me. And that which I was afraid of is come unto me. 
Shouldn't we stop? Shouldn't we learn? And make sure that you don't walk in fear. If fear doesn't prevent the thing, so what use is fear really at the end of the day? You know, Israel, they said they were afraid of death. They said, God brought us here to die. We and our children. And they all died. <laughs> all of them died. What they were afraid of came. The only thing that will prevent that thing to, from coming is not your fear. It's your field, your shield of what? Faith that will quench it. And then when you live in fear, you cannot assess the power of God. It's not going to happen. Number two, God does not use fear for people. Let me read to you from the Judges 7. So Jerubbabel, that is Gideon, and his army got up early and went as far as the spring of Herod. The armies of Midian were camped north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. Verse 2. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they have saved themselves by their own strength. Verse 3. Therefore, tell the people whosoever is timid, whosoever is what? Timid or afraid may leave this mountain and go home. I don't need him. So look at the number. How many? 22,000. Majority. Of them went home. So, thank God, Jerry. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm going home to my children. God said, I don't need you either. Out of here. Do you know that people who are fearful, they never wear God does something. You remember Jesus went, when he went to raise this girl from the dead. He drove them out. All these fearful people said, get out of it. Because he, he, the fear hinders the move of God. There are, there are times you want to pray, you sense it. You, 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 sense, you sense a pushback because it's a spirit. It's a spirit. You sense a pushback. Is that your prayer is bouncing on the wall and coming back to you. You say, you, you got distance, I come on. You sense a, push, a pushback because of internalized fear. So there are, people, there are people you talk to, you sense it. You know that there's a blockade. A spirit is resisting you. They may not know. They may not know. They may be saying, yeah, pastor, yeah, but their body language and everything is fearful. God doesn't go to battle with fearful people. So he said, Take, let them go. Okay, he said, do you want me to read the rest of them? Then, then he said, uh, verse 5. Uh, verse 4. But the Lord told Gideon, there are still too many. Bring them down to the spring, and I will test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. When Gideon took his warriors down to the water, the Lord said to him, divide the men into two groups. In one group, put all these, all those with cup water in their hands and lap it up with their tongues like dogs. In the other group, put those who kneel down, <laughs> the religious the takers. Then, uh, well, thank God for what I hear. <laughs> he said, this group, they take cup. Cup, they're quick. Quick. Take a pump. He said, these other ones want to take their time. And said, bro, bro, can you shift for me small? I need space. That's what's happening here. Verse, verse 5. He says, divide the men into two groups 
In one group, put all those who, who cup water in their hands and lap it up with their tongues like dogs. In the other group, put all those who kneel down and drink with their mouths in the stream. Only 300 of men drank from their hands. All the others got down on their knees and drank with their mouths in the stream. Because I don't, I, don't, I don't like, I want people who are on fire. I don't want all these uh, lukewarm people. Let them go home. Only 300 people from the whole land. Only three. Only 300. We are, we are not fearful at all. They were not fearful. They were ready to go there. They were decided to go there. Now look at, look at uh, Deuteronomy 20. Oh, let me not even read. Okay, Deuteronomy 20, verse 1. You will see that this is what God told Israel to do. Deuteronomy 20, verse 1. When you go out to fight your enemies and you face horses and chariots and an army greater than you, your own, do not be what? Afraid. They are greater than you, but do not be afraid. The Lord your God who brought you out of the land of death is with you. Can I hear a man? Do not be afraid. Verse, verse 2. When you prepare for battle, the priests must come. They must come forward to speak to the troops. He will say to them, listen to me, all you men of Israel. Do not be afraid as you go out to fight your enemies today. Do not lose heart or panic or tremble before them. See the, see the command God is giving. Verse 4. For the Lord your God is going, is going with you. He will fight for you against your enemies. He will give you victory. Verse 5. Then the officers of the army must now address the troops and say so many things. Let's go to verse 8 and see one of the things they will say. Then the officers will also say, is anyone here afraid or worried? If you are, you may go home before you frighten, other, before you frighten anyone else. He said, you spread fear. So go home before you make others afraid. He said, spirit. One person can frighten an entire family, can frighten an whole church. He said, spirit. Then verse 8. When the officers have finished speaking to the troops, they will appoint the unit commanders, they are ready to go. Somebody shout hallelujah. I hope there's no one here that's not among the 300. Because the Lord will fight your battles for you. Our responsibility knowing these things, we must be careful now what we look at so that we don't let what we look at create fear in our hearts. Isaiah 26 verse 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. Let me tell you something. Trials of life are not strange. This is one thing the enemy uses to frighten us. He said, ah, this is to me. It's not only to you. Once he creates in your mind is strange, he creates fear. Because strange things create fear. You don't know it's strange. You don't know what it's going to do. I've never seen anything like that. It's, he uses it to create fear. It's not strange. He convinces you this is strange. It's not. Because the Bible says it's not strange. Look at 1 Peter 4.12. Beloved, think it not strange. Think it not strange. 
concerning the fairy trial which is to, to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. Once you have that mindset is strange, you'll be fearful. Because things unknown create fear. No, it's not strange. He says it's not strange. It's not strange at all. James 1, 2. Then he says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into what? Diverse temptation. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Why count it joy? It's because you know the end. Because you know who is there. So you are celebrating victory ahead of time. Can I hear amen? David came to the army. He started celebrating victory. He said, what shall be done to the man who what? Takes out this one. Are you, what kind of question is that? You haven't even fought, but you are, looking, you are now thinking of uh, the reward. That's, the, that's what the Bible means. Count it joy. Begin to rejoice because you know where it's going to end. You know in whom you believe. Count it joy. Count it. We don't count it joy. Oh, we mama grumble. You know, grumble. <laughs> and then we pray some more. And some more. And some more. And we're going to check whether the thing is uh, uh, getting better. And the devil knows this man doesn't know. He'll give you evil report. You go and pray some more. <laughs> some more. <laughs> and you go and check again. The Lord said to me, see, why are you checking what I've done? You doubt me? If you believe me, you should look away from it. God is going to check whether it's what I did. So David began to rejoice ahead of time. Oh, come I hear Amen Church. He began to rejoice ahead of time because he said this thing will produce patience where you come wanting nothing, which means the problem is solved. They will be solved. Wanting nothing. The, the need is met. It's over. It will be, it will be over now. Nah? Why will it be over? First Corinthians 10, 13. There had no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. See what he's saying? Don't think it's strange. Certainly, such as common to man, but God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but with the temptation also take, make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. I want to mention something final. I have a minute. Always put up your spiritual antenna. Do you know what antenna means? What is antenna? It's that thing on the radio that gets you signal. You say, Pastor, what is my spiritual antenna? I put up the word of God. It's your camera. The word of God is your spiritual what? Camera. Your spiritual camera. When things happen, you take the word of God and take the... Say, let me see what the word of God is exposing here. The light Take the word, touch. We'll expose everything. Take the word of God and say, let me put it against, the Bible called it mirror that reflects everything. Let me put this against the word of God. See how, what God is revealing here. This thing I'm hearing, let me put it against the word of God. Put up your antenna. It's your job. It's my job. Isaiah 8.20. Look to God's instruction and teachings. People who contradict his word are completely in the dark. That's why I say don't take the word of God casually. Look. 
My time is up. I'll continue next Sunday. Let us pray. Precious Father, we just want to thank you for we can live above here. We don't have to be victims of anything. Actually, we're not victims at all. The Son of God has set us free. We're not victims. We, we don't have to yield to this spirit that is not from you. We, we are not of the world. We don't belong to the world. We are in the kingdom of heaven. And where that spirit is, there's always freedom. You want your children to walk in freedom. You want us to have the fullness of joy. You want us in the midst of challenges to praise you. To worship you. To count it joy. Bring out our timbrel and bring out the organ. And praise you. When they bring the evil report, because he will always bring that evil report, once we believe you, he comes with that evil report. Then we meet him with praise. We meet him with worship. We meet him with sincere heart of worship. We bring the sacrifice of praise. Because we know how this will end. For those that trust in you will never be put to shame. Father, I pray that you help us. That your church will start trusting you. We hear you. We bow to your lordship. Let's not just be people who come to church just for Sunday. But let's be people that are led by your spirit. That live under the influence of the spirit of Christ. That yield to Jesus in us. He will always lead us in triumph. If we follow him. Father teach us by your spirit. To look up to Jesus. Not to look to the world. And it shall be well with us. In Jesus name we pray.